Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes. I'm Jack Kolejewski, joined today by Robert Anderson. Hey. How's it going, Robbie? And Mike Burge. Hey. And we just traveled some some distance to go see a film in 70mm. We saw Girls' Night. We saw Girls' Night in 70mm, and let me tell you, I have not seen a finer-looking film. It's the way the movie was meant to be seen. Definitely. It's got a lot to say, you know, it really speaks a lot to, like, what's going on nowadays, but it's also about a story that could really take place at any time. I mean, if you see it not in 70mm Girls' Night, uh, go get blasted right now. Forget, take me some forget-me pills. Some forget-me-nows. And then, uh... Forget that. what you saw and see it again because you got to see it this way in the you first time. Erase Otherwise, it. it's it's just not the same. No, we saw Dunkirk. 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 That was actually Dunkirk what we were watching, not yes. Girls' Night. I know I told you guys otherwise, but uh, it was in fact Dunkirk. That wasn't Girls' Night. It was not. No, was Jack not. was doing which ladies in makes it makes sense. Yeah, like, like where are the girls in this movie? I think Jack was doing a bit. I was doing a bit. Mm-hmm. I was doing a bit. Yeah, yeah. Where's this? The whole thing's been a bit so far. Did, did, we, did we see Dunkirk? Yeah, I'm not even here right now. <laughs> oh shit! I just Andy Kaufman the fuck out of here. So meta. Um, no, we just saw Dunkirk. Uh, we went all the way down to New Rochelle, mm, Regal down there. They've got a 70 millimeter showing going on right now. More importantly, they also have reclining chairs. Yes, those are cool. Wow, wowzers! Hot take. Uh, those chairs are dope. <laughs> I prefer that. Yeah. Uh, we were talking chairs. about it in the ride back, as you know, we had to. Try and not talk about the movie for like you know it's an hour and fifteen minutes. It's a long. Yeah. It's, so this, is, to, this is not the hottest take. We, we blasted no. some. We blasted some Taylor Swift and uh, the Baby Driver soundtrack, of course. That is yeah. on my playlist for a bit now. Baby Driver and, soundtrack uh, is very good. Uh, it is clutch. We were, we were talking about the uh, the the clutch. Uh, <laughs> Uh, chairs at the New York City Theater, which is one of my favorite theaters. In my the car area has a too. clutch. I absolutely love that. Literally. Yeah, I get it. I get clutch. I get it. I got it. I know exactly <laughs> I get, what I you mean clutch. by that. Uh, and I think that's kind of a that's a special thing. Like you don't want to do that every time. You want that to be a special, special like moment and event where you get like a chair that's that comfortable and that spacious and that size of of a theater. And that's why I thought going to New York City. I haven't been there. In 12 years, the last time I went there was, I went and saw The Dark Knight, another Christopher Nolan movie, uh, mm. the night before I went into boot camp. So I, I, I saw it at the midnight screening, saw that, drove back, took a shower, hopped in a car, and I was off. And it was really funny because none of the other people in my boot camp division had seen the new Batman, except for me. And it's really, uh, we're really going to miss you when you go to boot camp too tomorrow. So yes, Yeah, the sequel. It's, 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 the it, sequel. Felt, it yeah. felt right. Do you know that I have nightmares of like being back in the military. I believe that. It was it did not yeah. it just did not fit my lifestyle. I am proud to have served and I had a great time. I saw the world. It was really cool, but I did not belong there and everybody knew I did you, not belong you, there. You don't strike me no. when you oh, told as a military me that, man. Yeah. No. When you told me that you were in the military, I was like, "No. Yeah. What?" <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, I did that for a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. I'm done. But yeah, I I haven't been down to New York City since and uh I I absolutely love it down there. So this made sense to go check out, you know, when I found out that Dunkirk was shot with 65 millimeter film and that they were going to be releasing it on the very few 70 millimeter films that are in operation in yeah. main theaters, I was like, we need to make the journey to go do that. And sure. luckily, you know, that's not that far too. No, it's Michelle, not it wasn't it's not, that bad. It was I mean, nice of a drive. For me being down in Terrytown, it was like a quick 25 minute yeah. drive over there. So mm-hmm. it was not bad. It was just the anticipation of talking about yeah right again made. we had to hold in that take yeah, until we got back normally you know it's a 15 minute drive and we're holding in our our little poop don't do that idea uh, you always say the poop what's thing. wrong with I the poop hate joke? it when you do the poop you thing. St- i feel like you invented the joke and oh, i just no no it. re-roll that tape you were the first and only one to use the poop anyway, i can't wait till we get that's Chipo- a hot take i can't wait till we get chipotle i might have done see it and then i'm gonna really make the poop joke. you know what i had cadoba today and guess what i'm fine i'm fine i got my san pellegrino right here to settle my stomach I'm fine. I'd say a healthy, a healthy percentage of our listenership, they're into poop jokes. I would say at least 25%. At least. Well. We see you. All five of you. This movie <laughs> is relentless. It sure is. I, oh boy. Yeah, did, well, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I think I just, I've decided that just now that I, I really liked it because I had to like, kind of like decompress. Mm-hmm. Well, what did you guys, thumbs up, thumbs down? Assuming I, thumbs up. It's gorgeous. 
It sounded incredible loud. But here's the but. Mm. Like, it's awesome. It's a great piece of cinema. Definitely. But it is a looker and a sounder, and for me, not much more than that. Yeah. Um, no, I can agree with that. I mean, it took me, like, a while to kind of just, like, comprehend entirely what was happening. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like an idiot. I feel like I sound like an idiot when I said that. But, like, it took me a minute to kind of be like, okay, they're, like, super stranded. And, like, they're, they're unfolding the plot to you piece by piece. But if you don't know any, like, background about, like, this Dunkirk if you don't know event, the history, which, I, yeah. which I don't. And, like, you know, it took me a minute to kind of realize, okay, they are super stranded there. Um, they are surrounded. They are surrounded. But also, that's, like, a lot, a big chunk of the army. So, like, England, or, like, Britain, Britain's trying to get them out of there but they can't risk sending in too many ships without getting attacked before we go too deep into the actual plot what what did you think Mike Uh, I really liked it Uh, it's kind of a I'm like like one of the characters in the movie I'm a little shell shocked after seeing it it's it's a lot to take in and I think that that's very much the point that that's why it's so loud and that's why it's uh, so fast and kind of unrelenting in it's uh, it's little like packed thrill ride uh i think that i i disagree that you know it is it is a spectacle on top absolutely but they are dealing with some very important ideas in it and they're i think that it's a mixture of them being understated and over simple like the what they're talking about is like the whole movie is about uh survival being like the 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 greatest form of resistance sort of like it's it the whole thing is about resistance and it's i think that it's what it's trying to say in its cast of characters that come from different walks of life and are also of different ages uh and it's also a heavily british thing too where it's like you know as someone who is american and i'm more familiar with like american military wars and battles and stuff like that dunkirk i'm very loosely aware of Probably the most that I know about it is due to the fact that this was announced as a Christopher Nolan movie a couple years yeah. ago, uh, and I looked into it a little bit from there. But you really don't need to know anything going in because they, I think that they do a very good job setting it up and letting you know the rules and like it, it covering these three different stories that kind of happen out of time, and they don't do that as like a twist or anything. They kind of give it to you straight up front. It right. is a little confusing because it just goes it starts and it's like boom 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 and it just continues going and it gives you little little nods like if you haven't caught up yet like this is what's going on right here okay got it let's go and i i think that it's 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 main theme is that survival is the greatest form of resistance It, it it is it is a victory just to survive but also at what costs is that to certain characters in the movie, sure, and, when, and that's kind of that—that's what it's dealing with. And again, I really need to see the movie again, and I really want to. Like, I think I'm going to go see this movie again first thing tomorrow. Wow! Uh, okay, in a different theater, get a different experience with a different crowd. Because mm-hmm. um, this—it's it, just—I I think it's really good. I mean, it is spectacle on another level. It like, really it is. is yeah. It is very. It much, is a roller coaster ride. You need I mean, to see why this, we saw it in seventy million. You need to see this movie in a theater. Yes. Really. You need to. Don't wait for this one to come out on on Blu-ray. No. Yeah, this is Go, another one too. This is just like uh, War like, for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. We were like, this is something that, you know, you need to see. This is a classic. This is an instant classic that's yeah. going on here. I would not be surprised. You know, there's a lot of uh, actors. Uh, of face value speckled throughout, you know, Tom Hardy, Kenneth Branagh, Killian Murphy, um, uh, Mark Rylance, like there's a lot of those actors, but then there's also a lot of newcomers mm-hmm. that are kind of um, unknowns uh, or well, even just or unknowns, very knowns. or very knowns that are a different to uh, the, walk of life to the, to the, yeah, the, the film world. But I really do think that this is something where we're going to see about five or so of these younger actors that were in this, that we were following uh, that they're going to be big names uh, fairly soon. So I, I get where you're coming from with with because there are obviously themes that they're dealing with there and there are characters there. But that aspect is very understated. Mm-hmm. 
probably because proportionately the spectacle is the forefront of this movie and it is like you said Robbie I think unrelenting because it is a yeah. depiction of war it's and almost it is, it is very much true to life in that way that it yeah. is unrelenting and it puts and you in the middle it of it puts oh, you yeah. right it's an in hour and 50 minutes of the opening scene from saving private ryan pretty you much. are in this thing and you yeah. are very rarely given a moment to breathe and even when you are given a moment to breathe you learn very quickly to not trust those moments because at yeah. any time that's gonna the rug is just gonna get pulled out you get towards the end of the movie you're just like holy fuck it's just it just I won't break. stop yeah, like yeah, yeah you know like uh in planet of the apes we get like a uh, bad ape as like a comic relief and there's just like well and also some moments of quiet some moments of quiet whereas this movie there's like it's really just non-stop which i think it's like true to like being in a war and things like that it's almost hard to like um like kind of track like the acts in this movie like because like it's just it's going so fast and yeah. so much is happening but they're also like doing a really good job of, like, tackling these, like, three pillars of story throughout the whole film. So, like, the whole time, you're just kind of, like... Like, I didn't really know it was the end of the movie until I was just like, this seems like it's gonna end soon. Because mm-hmm. some people seem, like, kind of happy. <laughs> like, it's just... Right. Re- relentless is just, like, the only word I have for it. But I mean that in, like, in the best of ways, mm-hmm. for sure. Right. Right. I yeah, mean, and it sucks, too, because Baby Driver now has a contender for sound design. It did not before that. That's and, this and is sound is so important to this yeah. this film. Yeah, I mean Hans Zimmer did the the score and like, but even just the way that the, it's not even like the orchestral parts of the sound. It's the constant, and you've seen this, you've heard this if you've seen the trailer. The, the constant tick. ticking. Yeah. Right? yeah, just because they're all the whole plot of this yeah. movie is that they are waiting to be. Saved to be saved or to die because or, or to, to die, die because they're stranded yeah and it's that aspect yeah. of survival when you are waiting for to be rescued when you hear the the last tick in the in the movie it's like as calming for myself as I'm sure it is for like that character like, yeah, you, and like, you guys oh, probably shit. remember the last tick yeah because it's the last one it's just like and you're just like holy shit no one else can probably die I assume hopefully unless this thing goes off the rails there's yeah. a scene that's in the trailer. So this isn't really a spoiler. Um, there's a scene that got me super hard uh, where the guy... Uh, oh, hold on. It got you in a effective way? Oh, it like... Very I, effective. I like choked up. Okay. It didn't get you hard. No, no, no. <laughs> it okay. got me okay. in an it effective way. Joke. You did not... Yeah. It got me hard. You, you come yeah. in with the poop jokes. I'll get the dick jokes, all right? You're not we'll anybody have with that. We're the same monster. I know that. <laughs> uh, when the guy is... Uh, the, the We have some characters that are just sitting on the beach and it's just like despair. The movie is just so... T- just filled with to the brim with despair and even more. It's overflowing with it. Mm-hmm. And we, there's a scene where a guy... Just sick of waiting, uh, takes off his uh, oh, he his helmet swimming, and his right? jacket, and he just starts swimming against the waves that boats themselves can't even get out. Yeah, on and he just goes, and because he's just he's just had enough of waiting, and it's like it's they keep saying too, and this is also in the trailer. It's like it's right there. It's, right, you can you can you practically can see, you can see, see home. It's right there, see home. and it th- gives you that sickening feeling of the tension of sitting on that beach and waiting and hoping for something to happen, but knowing that at any moment you can just have a bomb dropped on you. Mm-hmm. And the the way that the 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 sound of the planes coming when they keep in, coming as oh they keep God. coming, it's in, terrifying. Every time it's horrifying, it's and that's terrifying. how it should be. Because I will say, like in, in like a weird anecdote, like um, like I remember like after nine eleven, like when I would hear planes. I remember my house was kind of under like a flight path. I'd like get like a, like a boom, 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 boom. Like my heart would start being really fast. Like I was sure. like, terrified. And that, I was like that way for like years. I was like, this is, this one's going down on us. I'm at the AMP. We're fucked. Um, and seeing this movie again kind of like brought back that same feeling where I was just like, oh my God, no one's safe. No one's safe. No one's safe. No one's safe. Like right. this is really bad. Well, and a major theme of the movie is the shell shock characters. And mm-hmm. how they they have been on a boat that has been rocked or yeah. have been very near death to a bomb. They all, by the end of the movie, pretty much everyone there is shell shocked in one form or another. Definitely. And you see them, you see the characters react to that. Yeah. Where they say, "No, I'm not going down into the lower deck of your boat. No, no sorry, Fuck I'm staying up here. Yeah. Because I know what happens when we get hit and I'm underneath. Yeah, I'm the first one to. Yeah. Mm. So in that way, yeah, I, I think it was. 
um, really effective in showing the horrors of war. Yeah. Um, There's one scene I'm saving for the spoiler discussion. But I guess... I don't... For Just for me personally, this one did not resonate with me outside of the major spectacle. I think it's a taste thing, too. Because, I, like, for, for me, like, Nolan movies, like... We've talked. I always really like the plot of Nolan movies, even like even like in like movies like The Prestige. It's like one of my favorite movies. Like it's a little silly, um, but in this movie, it's much less. I don't want to say it's not about plot, but I don't think the plot's in the forefront. You know, but it doesn't. It, the plot plot is not important to me. It is connecting to the characters, and I just don't think I had any sort of like connection with any. Of the I characters. mean, that's also fair. And I think it's also. Um... Uh, done and I think that you might be overstating it because I know you had to have had some connection with some of the characters I mean Mark Rylance's character he's uh, the, the the yacht driver yeah yeah his character is probably the one that has pretty much like the most dialogue mm-hmm. I would say in so. the movie that's not um exposition like setting us up where we are you know like Kenneth Branagh's character uh, talking with a couple of dudes, it's more or less a way to like kind of catch us up and let us know where where all of our characters stand. But the uh, the yacht driving character is uh, I found like in, like uh, insanely effective. I thought that this guy just being like we're not like and having uh, Killian Murphy's character be the crux to him like this this kind of like I have fucking seen what that place is like. You do not want to go there, and he's just like I know what you're saying. I understand we're going right you know and i i think that that's that's probably the most fleshed out character in it and all the other one all the other characters very much kind of either stand in as our kind of um like a proxy for us like uh for us to like kind of uh take their point of view the main character i think his name i because I, I they're not really none of the characters really given names no. but um the main character it's played by i think fion whitehead his name is tommy Mm-hmm. And that's the character that we are first introduced to and that we kind of okay. follow throughout. Um, he's very much just like a shell of a character right. that we are, you know, <clears throat> how we're feeling tense-wise and dramatically is all kind of mirrored in his yeah. reaction. It could all be first person or something. Like, exactly. Like all yeah. the characters that are around him are meant to be, you know, like how he reacts to them is how we would react to them a little bit. Like because we, we have our comrades in this, people that we've been going through with it. And then there's also confusion thrown in there because of the three timeline thing that confuses us as well. So there really isn't a main character to latch onto, but he's probably the one that's the most permeant throughout all three that we're kind of rooting for him. And I will agree with you that could it have, could, could the movie have been a little bit better at emotionally investing us in some of these characters, especially our main character? Absolutely. Can't argue with that. But the movie was understated in a way that I think was very deliberate. Right. They were, I think that yeah. they were going for And that's that. what they were going for. Yes. And that's fine. And I don't want to come across like I didn't like this movie. Oh, yeah. Because it's a taste Seriously, yeah. this movie, like the spectacle of, as a war movie, it's it's unrivaled. Instant classic. Um, like, yeah. But I think it won't resonate with me long term as much for that reason. I already, I don't really plan on seeing this movie again. With you, I mean, like I maybe just, I really point, can't but... wait to take that ride again. <clears throat> and but now that I've really seen the ride, and, yeah, I don't that's think I mean. if it's like, going to work. Where it's going. I don't know if it's going to work for me as well the second time now that I've seen the ride. Mm-hmm. I can see it going either way. Um, I don't plan on seeing it again. Like I much like I guess for me when it comes to like second viewings, it was like a weird tangent, but like I much rather see like a Spider Man again because mm-hmm. like it's more of a, like a fun ride. These more intense rides. Um, Maybe, I mean, with Dunkirk, maybe it's just for me. Like, with Spider-Man, I was like, I want to see that shit again. Mm-hmm. Dunkirk, it's kind of like, I would rather see this with some space. I've been doubling down on movies this year, actually, now that I think about it. I saw Logan twice. I saw Get yeah. Out twice. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 twice. I saw Baby Driver twice. And now I want to see Dunkirk, Dunkirk again. Like, <laughs> I want to see War for the Planet of the Apes again, too. Really, really quick aside, how did Baby Driver hit you the second time? I actually, because we talked about this and you said that you went and saw it again and it was kind of like, it was lacking on the second viewing, yeah. like it kind of took something away. And I, uh, again, I'm the exact opposite. I had so much more fun the second time. I was able to really pay attention to these little parts in it where 
you know, Edgar Wright is like making his little winks and nods like the things that are to come. And, you know, all the stuff that's on the TV kind of maps out dialogue that's going to be happening later. And the entire uh, credit opening credit scene um, is like kind of like the most musical of all of it, where he's singing to um, uh, I can't remember the, the song. No, it's not Bill Bottoms. Uh, it's like Harlem Shakes it's, or something. It's like after that. the Bill Bottoms. Yeah. After the oh, first high oh, scene, he's yeah. walking down the street. Yeah. And like there's, the Har- Harlem there's, Shuffle. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. There's like there's graffiti on the wall that matches up with. Yeah. And if you pay attention, it's really cool. And I can't wait to actually go and watch it a third time because I picked up on this like right at the end of my second viewing. All the dialogue that is happening with the characters around him and certain events that are happening like around him are mapping out the structure of the story that you're about to see in very light ways. And seeing it the second time was able to like give me a better appreciation for that. And also like characters like Jamie Foxx and John Hamm, who are like two of my favorite new characters that I love. Like Jamie Foxx's bats is it's awesome. What a foil to, uh, baby in that like and oh, yeah. it's just like and to everything that that movie's trying to do in baby's quest bats is just a foil and i won't go into it too much too because i don't want to spoil anything for it but uh, baby driver right now is sitting pretty at the top of my list so far of a, of a year that is filled with amazing There's movies been a lot that of might change you know and i'm not going to start making my list thus far because we still got some more movies coming out and yeah. you know I, I need to let this one age a little bit and see when mm-hmm. I go back to it but sure. yeah my second viewing of Baby Driver I absolutely just loved it yeah I think what fell apart for me and I don't want to dwell on this too much longer but I just don't Baby's character did not work for me as well the second That's time understandable yeah um, it, the charm Come because the off. first time I watched it we I was talked about it on the him. podcast yeah, we, really we said it. that yeah. the charm wore off for me <clears> the second time yeah but uh, let's go back to Dunkirk. We have any more like spoiler-free kind of impressions before we get into plot details? It looks amazing in seventy millimeter. I, I don't know yeah, if you stress that enough. Can't I can't stress enough. I, like I said, I, I didn't notice it as much at first, you, but then you when you start out. seeing the imperfections mm-hmm. of like it being on a film, and you start kind of like seeing like the clicks and like we call it like the cigarette burns almost, mm-hmm. like yeah, like then, old school kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's also like it's 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 a it's a wider. Um, yeah. it's, it, it's slightly bigger and it's, you know, when it comes to a movie like Dunkirk and it's going to be shown on a lot of big screens and a lot of IMAX screens, I don't know exactly how much of a difference that would make, but it, being able to see it in 70 millimeter on the type of screen that we saw it on with that type of projector, with that type of sound system, that is the absolute way to see a movie like this, a movie that is throwing back to the old school war movies, you know, of like the... Like of like the 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 fifties and the sixties, like these the, the, these just larger than life war movies. Seeing that on film was just a really really cool thing, and I'm super glad that we all went together and went and, and shared that experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I mean even the the um, kind of color palette of the movie absolutely very much harkens back. That's to That's one of the classic. best things seventy millimeter does. It makes colors pop no matter yeah, how the, bright the or subdued they are and, and it's a very subdued so cool. color yeah. palette in this yeah. movie and it, it's almost it's, like pastel when it you're is, in dunkirk it's like, like um it's cool. the beach of dunkirk very much looks like if you've ever been to a beach on the west coast like in oregon or washington mm. like those coast coastal beats where everything just it's kind of always overcast and gray yeah and it just seems like like the bleakness the the hopelessness of their position is shown in the color palette. very much i mean like yeah I've said that certain characters kind of act as uh, would-be antagonists throughout the film, um, but really the antagonist of the film is time. Mm-hmm. And we are reminded of time's overlooming presence all throughout it, yeah. whether by the actual, like, how the story is being doled out right. in its timeline and how it kind of, like, folds in on itself and outside of itself and rewinds and goes back and mm-hmm. comes around again and... You know, but also with the ticking and, you know, the sound design in this too. Like, I can't say it enough. Like, I thought that Baby Driver was hopefully like a shoe-in for the amount of work they did on that. This is a contender in every way. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. I really love, uh, in just terms of like the aesthetics, like I really love the color palette of like kind of like the city of Dunkirk, Mm -hmm. which we've only really seen the the kind of like beginning of the movie. I think that was one of my favorite scenes. I love it. There's a strong opening. There's another, there's like another shot. Um, I don't think it's like a spoiler, but you see a plane 
flying over the city and you're kind of closer to the the city of Dunkirk than you had been until the, since the beginning of the film. And it's my favorite shot in the whole movie. Yeah. It, it's just like, oh, it's there's so, a lot of favorite shots. There's a lot of, I mean, listen, it's, it's a lot of, it's my personal favorite. It's yeah. super, I really, really like it. And I, yeah, I love the, the opening movie because the, the opening feels very much like a, it's, it's a very classic feeling, uh, World War II movie that expands into a very unconventional World War II movie. All right, well let's let's come back after a quick break but and and talk about that scene in in depth. Yes, um, and the some of the rest of the film in depth and get get into some spoiler territory. Spoiler. Uh, so we'll be right back after this quick break. Hang tight. Thank you so much again for listening to another episode of Hot Takes. Uh, quickly, I'd like to plug a few only things that we already have on the site. Uh, we have a Memento podcast that we recorded at Harry's Hot Sandwiches. It's super good. It quickly turns into just talking about Nolan, which, if you're into this movie, you might be into that. Uh, I, Robert Anderson, also wrote an article about The Prestige, which is one of my favorite Nolan movies, and I kind of dissect that, and I would love for you guys to give it a read. Also... We know you're out there listening, and we would love to engage with you and like ask us questions. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow StoryScreen on Twitter. Uh, we each have our own individual tweets, tweet names. Hey, Robbie, what's the Twitter handle of that StoryScreen Twitter? It's StoryScreen Beacon, right? At StoryScreen Beacon. At StoryScreen Beacon. Thank you. There you go. Thanks, Jack. Um, but yeah, we'd love to engage with you. We'd love for you to engage with us and, you know... Like our stuff, share our stuff if you know people who would want to listen to it, and thank you so much for your support. And uh, I think that's all. Thanks. Thanks. So I want to jump right into that first scene, because I think that was my my personal favorite shot of the movie, for that same reason that you were just getting on yeah. about, uh, with, it opens with this kind of squad of soldiers walking through the, the city of Dern. And you kind of think, like, well, you might be with them for longer than Well, even so, it, it is <laughs> really know? the only quiet mo- moment, one of the very, very few quiet moments that the movie gives you yeah. before it kicks off. And once it kicks off, it just goes. You get a few quiet moments, but you don't feel safe anymore. No. That's probably the only moment in the movie where you might feel safe. Well, they give you some time you to know? breathe. Like, the, they kind of, you know... Let their guard down. They try to get some water from a from a hose. Yeah. They, one of them tries to go to the bathroom, and they like are just kind of collecting themselves and mm-hmm. walking through the streets. And then all of a sudden, they're being shot at. Yeah. From an enemy that you don't see, and that you continue to not see. Yeah. For the rest of the movie. Not see. Nazi. You like that. Nice. I'm gonna pretend I did that intentionally. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let yeah. you. <laughs> Yeah, I really like that opening scene, um, and like I like it more in retrospective. Again, like when I was watching the movie, like I because the movie does not hold your hand at all. It's uh, one of those films where it's really like you are you're putting it together on your own. Really, it's um, it's dragging you. If anything, yeah, you're just and like for me, like you know, I I think um, that might just be kind of the viewer I am. Where I was like, I was like, what? It's like not that I don't know what's going on, but I was like. What is the movie trying to do? And then, like, it wasn't kind of... It's, like, really when we get to um, when they're on the first kind of, like, battleship Mm -hmm. that gets ended up getting torpedoed. Mm -hmm. uh, That's kind of when I'm like, oh, this is just, like, straight up, like, you are in the thick of it with everyone, and it's just, like, relenting. Well, they, they give you that feeling of hopelessness by following the main character. You said his name was Mike. Tommy. Tommy, um, his continual attempts to get off this beach, yeah. and he just keeps winding up right back at where he started. It's kind of like what Bridge brought up in the beginning, where it's like it's like resistance is survival, right. and it's like you know he's not in it to be like he's not a patriotic kid. He's not like you know I'm doing this for Britain. It's like I need to get off Dunkirk. I mean, we're carrying the stretcher to get off the to get on the lifeboat. Right, like, that's why we're doing this. Everybody on that beach. It no longer feels like a soldier. Yeah. Most of them are not even carrying their weapons anymore. Because they know it's a losing battle. The, like... the battle is over, mm. and they just know that the enemy is encroaching. And their only focus is to survive and get the fuck off this And beach. you never see, like, you know, it's in symbolic in a way where it's like, 
we have these like almost like waiting for like an amusement park ride. These lines of soldiers waiting for their ships to get them, and we never That's really a stunning see visual too. It's Seeing incredible. All yeah. of those people just lined up and waiting. Like, we never see like this. What else are we supposed to do? Well, like, when yeah. he says four hundred thousand people are That's on his beach, that's a lot of people. You never see this like war purgatory in war movies. You never see this kind of like we're because like Dunkirk. This movie kind of exists in between major battles, right? And I think that's really emblematic of, like, time being the enemy, which Burge brought up earlier, and just kind of, like, you know, we are in the transition period is just as dangerous as, like, the head-to-head guns blazing moments. Well, you know? it's, it's also, it's a fresh approach to a war movie because this this scenario that they find themselves in in Dunkirk, it's not a battle, it, and it's the in-between moments between battles that are just awkward and clumsy yeah like they, most of people on that beach don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. and even the the commanding officers are just like we don't have any fucking ships like yeah. we need to get at least forty thousand people off this beach that's what they want and that's us. a that's a fraction of what's very there. small fraction yeah. so everybody is just kind of trying to yeah get the hell off the beach i mean even like the boat of wounded exactly like gets destroyed like you know the right. whole the whole beginning of the movie is just like we have this boat here to get the wounded off first, and then that shit gets sunk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Say something, Mike. Uh, I mean... It, get in there. The, the IT. <laughs> get in there. <laughs> get in there. I, I, this movie is very... Uh, it's very thick. Um, I guess now that we're in spoilers, we can kind of start talking about... I think it's really important to talk about the last scene. Straight up. You want to get to it? I mean, it, what, what happens in the last scene is what solidifies most of what I took from the movie. Okay. And right. and it's and it is it echoes throughout everything and that makes for like a very good ending. It, it ties everything up very nicely mm-hmm. in a very um, natural way using uh, Winston Churchill's uh, "Battle Them on the Beaches" yeah uh, address kind of yeah yeah, yeah. Um, where he refers to Dunkirk as like a, a military disaster. Yeah, a military disaster. Yeah. And and uh, what we have wars is, are not uh, wars are not won by escape or evacuating. Right. And what's going on in this scene is uh, Tommy is reading this newspaper that mm-hmm. contains that contains the address, and his buddy, I mean the guy that's with him, uh, yeah, they're uh, not really buddies. who's played by Harry Styles. Um, is what's that? What's he been in? Harry Styles. Yeah, Harry Styles is uh, from a uh, British pop band called One Direction's boy band. Boy, and he Um, uh, he cut his uh, luscious lady Backstreet Boys, kind of like that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, a lot like that. Spoiler: the haircuts in this movie are all awesome. Yeah, there's good haircuts in this movie. A lot of good haircuts. Um, A lot of very thick black British hair. What's up with that? (laughs) That's just the kind of hair they have. I like the blonde guy, the blonde uh, air pilot's hair a lot too. Also, he was, was Scottish, like, though. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Uh, and so Harry Styles' character can't even bring himself to read the uh, the address because mm-hmm. they know that they failed, that they that, that they they didn't win, and like the the idea of the the hope of home and surviving is immediately taken away from them now that they've gotten out of the fight now they realize that the fact that we've lost the fight sinks in and he can't even bring himself to read what Winston Churchill had to say about the entire event he gives it to Tommy and Tommy starts reading it and just as you know like he, uh, Harry Styles' character cannot take the defeats and, yeah. and he, he he becomes just as horrible as he was earlier and he just becomes like this kind of inhuman shell and it's when everybody else starts like you know the train is coming into the station everybody's handing them like drinks and food and they're cheering them on and it's it's a reminder to Harry Styles's character that there is that there that there is victory in the survival you you made it out and it's like that was that was the fight that that's you fought. a win yeah and Tommy's character on the other hand is really listening to the words that Churchill said and he's really taking them to heart and taking them into account and everything that's happened and he's left with this this longing for what a real victory could have been in a way that's why after we get the ending that we'll get to later uh, we mm-hmm. get one more shot of Tommy silent in the train before we cut to the black for the credits because Tommy's 
understanding of what just went down, while it may seem like a victory to us, in the history pages, it will always be referred to as a gigantic military, military disaster. Failure. This the this thing that all of these men and boys went through will be considered a defeat. And it, it, it kind of rips that away from his character, but Harry Styles' character is the other side of that. You know, mm-hmm. the I guess if you really want to get kind of blase about it, it's like the keep calm and carry on quality of it where okay. it's like, you know what? Like, no, we did it. We got there and there are more battles to fight and we'll fight them. We'll meet yeah. them on the beaches. We'll meet them in, He's in got the air. The, like, the soldier's confidence. Exactly. Yeah. And, but Tommy, it's kind of taken something away from him. Yeah. And I mean, he lost it in the beginning. Of the I think that that's really important know. to discuss because that's very much what a lot of the characters are going through throughout it, even outside of Tommy and Harry's uh, story. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, that transcends to everything throughout the runtime of the yeah. movie. I think it's a, important what you touched on there pretty briefly that the film conveys it. These are boys. These are young. Yeah. These are kids. Um, you and see, I like, think a Saving Private Ryan, like, you get some older gents in there. Usually, yeah. yeah. Um, but these are very much like the actors that they chose to portray m- the most of the characters that get the most screen time look very, very young. Yeah. Um, and it's even contrasted by the characters that are on the boat, um, the civilian boat that's coming to save them, because they say one of them at the end is 17 when they, they age him in the newspaper. He does not look any any younger than any of the, the boys no. that you see on the beach. If anything, he's kind of like, I want to be a soldier like them. Right. He just didn't yeah, that's do a super it. Yeah, sad know? story. It oh is. my god! That's I mean, like, and, and not just like his story alone, but like how it affects Killian Murphy's story and how it affects. Um, I want to punch Mark so Rylance's face. Uh, right, his like that. That's getting that in retrospective, getting that twist at the end with Mark Rylance and figuring out what his, uh, you know, what his motivation through all this was, why he's doing this, mm-hmm. uh, is is very like he had a he had a son that that died like three weeks in to mm-hmm. like the battle, and it's. That's why he knows everything about planes and everything, and you like like that's that's a very sweet moment where you realize that this guy has deep connections to the idea of sending children off to war, and he's got his other son with him, and now this other kid jumps on, and the kid's got one of the best lines in the movie, um, which is uh, what what does he say like when he gets on the boat and he's like we're going to war. And he says, says, I'll be useful. I'll be useful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like... That line's in the trailer also. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then he loses another another son that way, you know? Yeah. Well, it's not his son. I know, no, I know it's not his son. He he loses, like, another, you know... Yeah, to lose another boat hand is lost. Sort of, sort of million dollar baby that kid a little bit. (laughs) Well, yeah, and it it kind of goes towards like the idea of uh, you know he loses his sight. There's an obvious metaphor at play there, Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh Killian Murphy's character though and how that because he's responsible for it because he just like freaked the fuck out and right. I think this is a super awesome uh performance by Killian Murphy too. He's you know he's sparsely in, he's like, in the you know, movie some people are phoning them in so like and I and I don't want to say that in a disrespectful way. But you know like Kenneth Branagh is like kind of just like he's operating on like you know uh on level like seven Kenneth Branagh out of ten. Like he's right. he can definitely go further than I think he's supposed to be very un That's the officer? That's the yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I I think he's supposed to be like that, so I won't knock him for it. But some of these other characters, like Killian Murphy, is firing on all cylinders. Yeah. In this, like, and yeah. he's he's putting forth like a great great performance. They are very understated characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, Definitely. even Killian Murphy, who probably has the most um, emotional reaction on screen. Yeah. Very few lines of dialogue are given to him. Um, and everybody, but even everybody. even for him, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They, he does. They do accomplish a, a fair amount with a little, very little. Yeah, uh, sort of the less is more approach, mm-hmm. um, which is effective. For sure. Yeah, um, I was so like that was like probably my most emotional point during the movie is like when you realize that. So I always want to say, Sil- wait, Killian, Killian. I always want to say Cillian. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Killian Murphy. You know, y- you realize that Killian Murphy killed that kid. Because when he and it's just I remember for me I was just like I want to see his face when that kid tells him what he did and then he doesn't yeah and like I get it but I was so just like and then so unsatisfying I like how the kid says yeah he's fine and then looks looks at the dad dad and dad's like no that was the right that's the right move because you can't 
What are you going to do to this guy? <laughs> like, well, also, but know. Killian Murphy in the... A, a, it was an accident. Yeah. But he was acting for survival because yeah. he knows what's waiting for them when they get to Dunkirk yeah. and he does not want to go back there. And you can't really blame him for that sort of action. No. Like, it, his, his reactions and the consequences of them uh, definitely, you know, deserve... Uh, they deserve consequences themselves. But that's up yeah. to the kid and the dad to dolly out and they choose not to. I mean, they told him he would have jumped off that ship. He would have... Who you knows know, what would have happened. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like... He would have been. He would have been like, "I'm. I'm gonna kill myself." Probably. You know. That's I mean, how I. That's how that's I, what I that thought was coming. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But uh, he sees them take the kid off the stretch. The, he knows. He, he finds out at the very end. Yes, he does. Yeah. And you don't. Yeah. You um, don't see. And then he just appears in the crowd. Disappears. Yeah. He yeah. just walks away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you know because his character also has another moment where he's kind of like this. Uh, this foil to other characters that we're connected with where he... Well, this is how we kind of learn back. about the time mm-hmm. jumps. Because um, I was... This is I, like that, that's the first hint where it's like yeah. these are going to overlap. I was yeah. confused. I mean, I wasn't confused. I just was like, oh, because I remember we had these intercoded scenes of like nighttime, daytime. Right. And I was like, are that's these happening the first, simultaneously? That's the first, like, big, big like hint that yeah. but these are s- happening out of... These are happening like out of order. And the s- words that were given at the beginning... For the three locations. Yeah, they start at the very beginning. They show you the scene on the beach. They yeah. say one week. And then they show you the scene. They say two. Yeah. And then they show you the scene on the boat. And they say one day. And then they say three when they show you. I think I'm getting this right. Yeah. I might have. Yeah, no, you're totally, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. The um, but then they say in the air is one hour. So mm-hmm. you have. They're dilating time in a way that all these things overlap and yeah. com- converge on a, a single sort of event finale of an yeah. event. Um, mm-hmm. Culmination, mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool because I think we had this discussion when we did the Memento podcast because of the way, just the techniques, I guess, or the methods that Chris Nolan does to make his films sort of. He just puts a unique spin on the way he like, especially he works with time with yeah. Memento, the twists in um, Interstellar. In Interstellar, yeah. I was it, mess, say, it messes with time though. I know? was gonna say the Prestige because I yeah. think there's big twists in the Prestige. Yeah, well, but also, also t- time in the Prestige moves uh, in service, like thematically more so than it moves like linearly. Right, and then he, know, it's a non-linear film. And then he has non-linear time in um, Inception. Inception, well. yeah. Um, so, so, so Chris Nolan likes to play with yeah. those sort of things. And it works and, in the context of a war movie as well. Right. But yeah. we, I think, going in, we're curious to see what the style, what the thing yeah. would be about this. And there yeah. is a thing. I Yeah. I mean, I know, like, you know, maybe this is a good time to talk about, like, how does this movie stack up as a Nolan movie in the grand scheme of Nolan movies? Sure as hell better than Interstellar, thank God. <laughs> I am still, like, an Interstellar apologist, but that's it's fine. It's still better than Interstellar, no matter how oh, hard you want to apologize. It's better than Inception, and it's better than a lot of no, other movies. It's a different movie than Inception. That's fair. But in, like, the Nolan uh, scheme of things, like, it's... I, it's uh, I really like how um, muted and, like, subtle... As much as it is a spectacle movie, but like how muted and subtle some of the other Nolan-isms are in the film. And Definitely. how he like, you know, he realizes like, I I assume he realizes like, I have these strengths, or like, I have these things that I do in my movies, and mm-hmm. I will apply it to this genre, not overbearingly, but in service to this type of movie. Right. And like, he chose like, there's no better war story that he could have tackled than I think this one, you know? Yeah, with his love of time in storytelling and yeah. using concept, using the concept of time as kind of like what these soldiers are fighting against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, I, he really, I agree. He, yeah. he couldn't have picked like a better, a better uh, historic, historically true like and event historical to, like, event. Use. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, lost it. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, it happens. That doesn't happen too often, but it's gone. I do. I do. We, have, we oh, haven't really. Oh, hey, I was gonna say. Yeah, I got it. I got it back. <laughs> Thank you. I got you it. Back. it. Uh, I think he set out to make a timeless classic war movie, and I think he hit it with that. And yeah. that, that's oh, why yeah. I think yeah. it's different from his prior movies because his prior movies, even though they play around with structure and stuff, they are much more your kind of standard fictional movie. Yeah, yeah. Where this is definitely. very much a. 
this is a real event. It is handled with sensitivity in the way yes. that it is true to the actual events. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play with anything outside of that, and he just no. makes a classic, solid, pretty quick. Also, like the shorter runtime of this movie, movie yeah. is shorter than most of the movies. And I appreciate it in Nolan sure. standards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, it, and it I helps think it with works the, to his advantage. Oh, so because you can't overpay. Like if this movie was drawn out any longer, it's like we felt like you know. I was exhausted by this movie. I would have been a puddle if he went on. Oh, yeah. I was like, and it, it, you know, luckily we spent a lot of time in kind of the denouement of the movie. We spent a lot of time in kind of the reprieve because I needed that. I couldn't leave after just like, oh, these fucking young boys are dead. (laughs) We got enough time kind of in the, like the, uh, putting together all the pieces, sewing together the movie quilt. Like we got to spend a lot of time in that nice area, which was very good. We haven't even touched on Tom Hardy. Because I think Tom Hardy is the most understated performance. I the think he's space. very understated, but I think that it is. That, I mean, he he gets he, he, he does gets all the, of his emoting the hero appear in his he eyes. gets the yes. he gets the big, you know, like so. First off, starting with his stuff, like in the in that third timeline there of uh, like where it's one hour. That's what's allowing the the. There's a tool in there that's that allows us to really tell the passage of time in there because with the mole, which is one week. Uh, it's like whether it's light or day, light or day, light or day. Mm-hmm. We're seeing things go. Uh, dialogue the characters are saying to each other. We're understanding the passage of time through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the sea, on the yacht, that's one day. So there's really no idea of the passage of time except for like you know we're three hours out. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. Yeah. But on the on in uh, Tom Hardy's characters. Uh, um, in his cockpit. In his cockpit. Uh, he, his, like, gas nozzle is broken, so he needs to keep checking his watch. Does he get shot out, or does he just kind of bust up? I think he just gets busted up. Yeah. It might have gotten shot. Yeah, like, yeah. it's like he got kind of hit, and, you know, he might have fucked up. Messed yeah. with it. Uh, but, so he's constantly checking his watch to see, like, how much gas he's burned. Yeah. Um, but he's also, like, he's riding it on like, the... the hour that's going, yeah. and then as the, as the timelines start overlapping, mm-hmm. we start... I love the, uh, from his point of view, we see his partner crash and it seems like this mm-hmm. kind of like light thing, like, oh, he landed. He's got it. Yeah. And then when we go back to it, yeah, we actually and- are in the cockpit and we feel it and it's way more aggressive. And then we're like, is he going to get out? Right. And that was one of the, one of the hardest parts for me to watch. Cause I actually have a fear very big fear of drowning. Yeah. And drowning that, would fucking suck. There's a lot of scenes in the movie that kind of like fucked with that with me a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But I'll say that, that one is second, like, he but... is, I, I thought they were going to fucking kill that character. Yeah. Well, well I like this per- perspective of Tom Hardy when he flies over. He's like, he's good. And he sees his hand out of the top of the, the, the cockpit mm-hmm. and he's like okay cool yeah, see you good. later man yeah, not that there's much you could do he, otherwise he gives him the mad, mad the mad max thumbs up and like <laughs> flies on uh classic. classic patented tom um, hardy that's his that's his i'll be back yeah pretty for, much. for me all. though i kind of knew the character wasn't gonna so like uh i think maybe you guys also feel this way when you see movies there's a part of your brain that's like we do podcasts and write articles and we're very analytical about film so we have a little bit of a know-it-all about it we like to guess what's going to happen. Yeah, but there's also the part of us that, like, you know, there's a big chunk of our brains that are a normal audience member in that chair. So, like, for me, I'm a, I was two minds of, I'm like, all right, listen, they're not going to, sh- like, really, tr- like, drag out the drowning of this person really just to kill him. That's not, like, an effective scene I, in the movie. I, I, I honestly but I thought still that that's was what scared. they were doing I on still purpose. Was I thought they were yeah. really dragging it out because that's what this movie That's what the movie is. is that's about. totally fair, too. Which is why I was two minds about it because I was like, they really could just do it. But, but if, I was like, if you want to think about it in that mindset, they also needed someone to save in that boat. Yeah. They needed like a big savior moment mm-hmm. for that, for the yacht. Right. No, definitely true. Um, my, I think one of my most like uh, anxiety inducing scenes was um, earlier in the movie when they get onto the warship and then it gets torpedoed. Mm-hmm. And like that scene where it's just kind of like, it's like a balloon popping. It's just like, and just like, Everyone's like pouring tea and eating toast, and then it's just like fucking drowning, and like the lights are off, and it's just like I never, I, I never like thought about the idea of like being in a body of water, but you're surrounded by things and bodies all trying to move around, right. and I was and he like gets kicked in the head. And yeah, and I was just like, this is fucking terrible, and it goes almost completely dark. Yeah, also, dude, for a few and like, and like you know, again, that's like it, the sound's so effective in that scene. Mm-hmm. So you just hear like, like just like hitting and moving and like. There's not really much yelling because they're underwater. So it's mm-hmm. like, and it's like, I, I just, I, I remember that 
scene of when they get hit so vividly of just like the water just shooting in and like that scene is totally different and that's kind of when you learn like you are not safe in this movie Mm -hmm. that's really the like because that's like kind of the first major like oh they've been trying to get on the boat for like 20 minutes Mm -hmm. they got on a boat yeah i love they got toast they got tea you know uh uh, tommy and like the guy he befriends that doesn't speak that much frog french yeah and he uh Gideon, um, I think. He, he uh, like them rushing because they find a guy who, like, other people must have thought that he was dead and left him there, but he's alive. And they're like, oh, we can this use is our this ticket. guy to get on yeah. the ship. And they get him on the ship, and then they're like, no, you got to get off. Mm-hmm. You're not a you're not a corpsman. Corpsman only kind of is like, you got to get off. Mm-hmm. Like, it's corpsman and officers and the wounded only. But then they kind of, like, sneak down. They sneak back in, yeah. yeah. And that's where they, that's where they're eventually, they bump into... Yes. And I like how they dunk themselves in the water. And be like, oh no, we were like on that, that boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. We fell. Absolutely. Like, there's, there's really good stuff about that where it's like, you know, it's, it, it's. There's a lot of ideas at play about being a coward in the movie and like wanting to run away. And it's, you know, there, there are moments where it's doing something that's deceptive is yeah. what's needed to fight the fight that's at the hand right now, which is uh, survival. Yeah. And you know, I want to let, 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 let's just let's just get into this real quick and get it out of the way because I know that it's coming. I really, really like Harry Styles in this movie. Oh, I fine. think that he's perfect <laughs> for that part. No, I think that he's absolutely perfect. And like being the like antagonist, not, not that knowing sense. that he's not knowing that he's Harry Styles or knowing that he's this person, which you didn't know. No, right? I was, I did not know. Who Harry you were Styles like, was. I know Harry Styles in this movie, but I don't know what Harry Styles looks like. Yeah. So you didn't know which one it was. Which is why I was trying to say to you last night when you were sending us pictures of Harry Styles to cut, cut that out. Cause I do not know who Harry Styles is no, either. I do have a bias against pop stars, obviously because they're very rich and handsome and young. Yes. And I'm not, but yes, uh, they. I didn't know who he was, and if I had not known who he was, I yeah, I wouldn't have thought twice. Mm-hmm. So, but I trying to avoid that personal I really, bias. I really understand. like his character in this, and I think that he's given a bunch in this movie to like really deal with as an really, actor. Yeah, I mean, he really comes in and like kind of towards the end of the second act. I mean, he's like in that much... in that like you know that big set piece where like they're inside the boat and it's start, they start using it for target practice, and right. he's the one that's like trying to like all of a sudden take lead because he's the first one to speak up. Yeah. You know, and again, like I think that knowing that that's Harry Styles and understanding Harry Styles' age is all like a, a thing that could play into yeah. it. He definitely he acted the fuck out of those scenes. Really I think good. that he yeah. was really, really good. I, I got that he was like, I don't want to be doing this, but we need to get somebody off of this boat. And it was like an idea that might not have even worked. Well, the you all, know, like they're, they're all like, they're like, like he got a little antagonistic there. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. And that's he the got whole a little point. Draco Malfoy. He's totally supposed <laughs> to become that. It's yeah. supposed yeah. to be it's him meeting with our protagonist, our proxy protagonist, yeah. Tommy, and going, you, you, the good guy, want to do this. And sure, that's a good thing to do. But this is war, and we need to decide what's going on right now. Also, it's survival. All those, all and those they kids literally are, say those that. Those are 18, 19-year-old kids who, in the context of this little locker room of a boat, start othering each other. And they're like, no, Absolutely. fuck him. He needs to go. And it's just like, yeah. They're kids right. who are going to die. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're going to do. And I, I think he plays that part perfectly. And but he's a great foil mm-hmm. to Tommy's, like, uh, just just Tommy's fight. I won't say, like, overall goodness because... But the French I mean, kid he, dies he in that good. scene, right? Like, he drives uh, yeah, in the boat. Yeah, so, yeah. like, he, they don't kick him off, but he still doesn't make Well, it, I mean, a know? lot of people still die, but... But, like, I mean, that whole, I mean, the whole scene, like, antagonistically started because of, like, get him off the boat. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he's the last one on, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, that seems really cool. And, again, that's another another scene of, uh, you know, we don't see the enemy again. And we, we, we talked about this briefly during our break, but, like, you know, the word Nazi is never said. And you only see the, you see the enemy planes, kind of. And, yeah. like, you really, you're, you're never interacting with, like, the enemy, and that's like such like a that's such a strong move for like a World War Two movie. Like, yeah, no Nazis. It makes him even scarier, though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah definitely. I think it also too, like you know, like we said, like the real antagonist of this movie is time, time, and I don't think they want to draw away from that by pointing out that like, oh, there is an actual enemy out there. Like they say that a lot, and obviously yeah. we see them a lot doing a lot of things. 
but I think overall they want to say like this is just like a like a machine mm-hmm. that is in play and it is like clockwork and they yeah. are going to keep bombing us until we are all dead. They're not going to stop any minute now. They're they are going to come over that ridge, that horizon, yeah. and they're going to be here and they're going to murder all of us. And there's no escape. We we don't have enough ships. We have too many people. We're not going to make it out of this. And I think by kind of making the enemy just kind of nameless and faceless. They yeah. abstract them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely effective. It's Whew. a good movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we uh, unpacked it. Because, like, I... You know, again, with Hot Take, sometimes you're just kind of, like, shell-shocked from the whole experience. And I'm glad we got the time to unpack it. Because, like, I don't think I dislike the movie, but I had to figure out why I like the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was good to talk it out. Yeah. Any closing thoughts here, boys? <sighs> Now I kind of want to see it again, because like I feel like the 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 way they explain time in the beginning of the movie, much like Nolan gives you the answers in the beginning of the mm-hmm. flick, um, I it, I didn't fully understand it, and um, I don't think it's a fault of his. I think it's just like there's a lot going on in the beginning of the movie. Well, I think also you, know? you are being rammed over the head with a very bombastic movie and I think oh, yeah. it's easy to miss the subtlety yeah, when yeah. you are constantly Absolutely. being yeah. like that, the bombast is just pummeling oh yeah I love, I love how Nolan's past two like Nolan movies uh, Inception and Interstellar mm-hmm. have been just like preached in marketing before their release of like Inception was like you have no idea it's the smartest movie ever made this yeah. movie is so smart you're gonna have to pay attention and figure it out Interstellar they were like it's a super smart movie. It's a sci- they were like scientists come in yeah. and talked about it. All, like, the all the science is true, and it's like that was the marketing. Was and, dumb. and Dunkirk, <laughs> Dunkirk didn't really get any of that marketing. Dunk, they were like, it's new Christopher Nolan movie. It's about Dunkirk. It's Christopher Nolan tackling a war movie. That's yeah. how it was marketed. And I think, ooh, oh, you son of a bitch. And I think that ooh. I think that Dunkirk is uh, is an insanely smart movie. Oh yeah, it's definitely. very smart, and it doesn't. But it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, Inception was like pretentiously smart. Like it thought it was smart, and it yeah. was just like showing you, look how smart I am. But it's, it's not like, even. God, that's not even. That's, that's not to the fault like, well, of Nolan. That's the fault of the hype. If you have to tell an audience that the movie is smart, the audience is probably dumb. So totally. Just I mean, that's why you would dumb. market it like that. Yeah. yeah I think uh, my kind of takeaway from this movie is just like, because um, after Interstellar and Inception, and uh, you know, I'm not the biggest Dark Knight Rises fan. Um, seeing this movie, was kind of, I'm kind of like, yo, this is really good. I still want Nolan to make those other kind of movies still, too. Uh, I want, I'm, I'm curious what his his post-Dunkirk movie will be. We touched on this, too, in the Memento podcast about how, like, Nolan one very much me, works in trilogies. One for, for you. you. Yeah. One yeah. for me, one for you. But now he's out of the one for me, one for you, and he's like, all right, now Dunkirk's a one for I me. want to do. You know, yeah. he's got... He's got the trilogy, like that kind of noir trilogy mm-hmm. of um, following Memento, Insomnia, and he's got his Batman trilogy, mm-hmm. and he's got his, you know, um, storytelling, like kind of like... Commentary on, on storytelling. Like, how to tell stories film, through yeah. storytelling as an actual tool. Definitely. You know, and all those, and now... Would you Dunk- call that Prestige? Prestige, in, uh, Inception, Inception Interstellar. Interstellar. Those Definitely. are the storytelling ones? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, for sure and Dunkirk is kind of like the beginning of possibly this new trilogy of movies that he's coming out with that are kind of loosely tied together either by events or thematically yeah I'd imagine it's probably the latter on that yeah I wouldn't want to see him do another war movie because I don't think it would be as good as Dunkirk right and I you don't know? think <laughs> it should too I mean he's obviously got some chops in there he knows exactly where to stick the camera and he oh, knows yeah. how to like, like he knows those, how to those set aerial it. shots are some of the most beautiful fi- like I gasped at some of those just yeah, like when nothing was happening when you're in the plane and you're just flying over the English Channel right and it's just no 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 it's not that. The big body is Geography's hard. Yeah. Yeah, geography's hard. But uh, it's beautiful. And that's what's up with that. Yeah, I, I really liked it. And like I said, I'm probably going to go see it again tomorrow. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this Nolan guy, he's got some chops. I'm going to stick around. Yeah, so we got to keep our eye on him. As yeah. this uh, new and upcoming director, he's really killing it lately. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll see his next one. Yeah. Not that much. All right, well, thank you, boys, for joining me. Thank you, hey. listeners, for listening. Uh, we'll be back with more hot takes in the future. Stick around. Bye.
not trying to get in trouble here. Did you ever hear the whole thing about like how he serves Krabby Patties, and he's serving his own kind? That's why he's the only crab. <gasps> wow. It's called Twitter culture. Twitter culture? It's clutch. That is clutch. I told, I said something was clutch to Mike today, and he uh, really put me in my place about it. No, no, no. I just wanted to understand it, and he explained um, it to me, and now I get it. Which is weird. I haven't said clutch since I played, like, Modern Warfare, like, Call of Duty 4 You're on You're trying Xbox. to understand how the millennials speak. Millennials. Yes. Well, I've heard that The weekend makes very sexual music for teens. Sexual music? Teens. Kind of like Elvis? Sort of like Elvis. Like Elvis, yeah. 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 Does he gyrate like uh, oh, Elvis? For sure he does. <laughs> for sure he does. Oh, homeboy gyrates. No, British people are into Warhammer. Oh. 40k. Really? Yeah, huge. Really? That's, that's clutch. Yeah. yeah. Damn, fuck off. He's 